Morning, everybody. Good to be with you all this morning. Hope you're having a good summer. Um, just want to add my welcome to the, you if you're visiting this morning. We love having visitors among us. I'm, tra- I'm transitioning. Okay. We love having visitors among us. Uh, so we just hope that if you're here visiting that you really feel at home and uh, particularly want to welcome you if you are here and you're not yet a Christian and maybe you're visiting like I did about 20 years ago, wondering what on earth are these people doing and who are they and what's going on and are they nutty or are they actually normal. Um, I just want to say if you are here and you're, you're not yet sure if Jesus is real and you're kind of looking in, we just want to welcome you and just hope that you feel really at home here and really safe and that you really encounter God, because God is here. I have really felt God's presence during worship, and as we were praying before the meeting, I'm just feeling really expectant that God is going to meet with us, and speak to us, and give us gifts this morning, and that we're going to leave different. Is that why you came this morning? Some of you. Well... Listen, God is with us, and, and he's going to do some good stuff. Kids, it's great to have you in with us. And uh, as Steve said, there is some questions. I'm going to talk through stuff, and you can pick out the answers to the questions on your paper and um, uh, see how well you can do. And hopefully I'll say everything I'm meant to say so that you can get all the answers. Um, but we're finishing our Living History Makers series this week, and I'm going to finish off by talking about an amazing woman called Jackie Pullinger. Put your hand up if you've heard about Jackie Pullinger. Okay, an incredible woman who uh, very recently has just been honored for serving for 50 years in Hong Kong. Did you guys know that? Just very recently honored for serving 50 years in Hong Kong. And actually, uh, some of you may not know this, that our King's Arms projects, our amazing work with the disadvantaged in Bedford, it was somewhat birthed out of Jackie Pullinger's ministry because the woman who started our King's Arms project, Philippa Stroud, started it in Bedford having come back from having spent time with Jackie in Hong Kong. And so it's really fun to know a bit about where we've come from, isn't it, in terms of the legacy that we have here as a church. Jackie actually went to Hong Kong when she was 22 years old and she quickly found herself working in a place called the Walled City And the walled city, you've got a picture there, doesn't actually exist anymore. But when it did exist, it was known as the most densely populated place on earth. So they had about 50,000 people, which is approximately half the population of Bedford, crammed into no more than 300 interconnected high-rise buildings. And the walled city, there was no health and safety regulations. There was no law and order. In fact, uh, it was all policed by triad gangs in the walled city. And the Chinese used a particular word to describe the the, uh, walled city, and it was hak nam. And directly translated into English, that means darkness. And uh, if you see this, this is a postman doing his rounds in the walled city. And the reality was that it was spiritually, both spiritually and physically dark. And Jackie has spent many, many years in the walled city working with lots of different people, but often drug, ad- drug addicts. And she has seen probably hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, men and women over the years meet Jesus, have their life radically transformed, get set free from drug addiction, and then impact the world around around them. And so she literally is a history maker. And uh, it's been amazing to read her journey through this book. If you haven't read it, Chasing the Dragon, so provoking. I mean, I would encourage you to read it, but with a warning, 
that if you, if you are open to God speaking to you, just be ready. Um, uh, and she, when she writes in here of her, her mission in the Water City. This is what she says. She says, my mission was to help the Water City people to understand who Christ was. If they could not understand the words about Jesus, then we as Christians should show them what he was like by the way we lived. I remember Jesus had said, if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. There seemed to be a lot of Christians who did not mind walking one, not many who could be bothered to walk two, and no one who wanted to walk three. Those in need that I met seemed to need a marathon. <sighs> we could probably do a response now from that, from that quote, but let, let me introduce you a little bit to Jackie, and then I'm going to just pick out two things that I've learned from her about how we can all be history makers in our time. So Jackie was born in 1944 in London, and when she was five years old, she was sitting in a Sunday school meeting, and a real-life missionary came to visit the kids. And the real-life missionary took it in turns to point at the kids around the room, and she would look at the kids and say, could you be called to the mission field? Could you be called to the mission field? Could you be called to the mission field? And Jackie recounts that she didn't know what the mission field was, but she knew she was. She didn't know what a mission field was, but she just knew she was called there one day. And so she decided one day she would be a missionary. And uh, when Jackie went to university, she spent a few years turning her back on God. She would see the Christians in the Christian Union and want, have, want nothing to do with them. In her own words, she says this, they were wet, pimply, and feeble. <laughs> they sat in a holy huddle by themselves in the canteen and looked unattractive. So she didn't want anything to do with the Christians when she was at university. But then uh, she happened to meet some old school friends when she was on a train one day heading home from college. And these friends invited her to go to a Bible study that they were going to be going to. And she agreed to go, I think because she heard that the person who was leading the Bible study was going to be attractive. So she decided to go along. And she was blown away because the people she met at the Bible study uh, were actually normal. And she said this about them. The girls were made up, and one of them was talking about bikinis. The men were discussing car racing, and yet all of them were here because they wanted to study the Bible. It was the first time in my life that my toes did not curl up when someone talked to me about Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And so Jackie decided to give her life to Jesus that evening at that Bible study. And her desire to be a missionary quickly returned. It quickly sparked up again in her heart, and she began to pray about where should she go. And so she decided to get in touch with Africa because she thought all, all, all missionaries go to Africa, um, but there were no openings there. And then she ended up having a dream about Hong Kong. But when she got in touch with the Hong Kong government, that was also a dead end. There was nothing that would open up for her. And so she began to get frustrated and be like, God, I know I'm meant to be doing something, but I don't know where to go. You're not making it clear. And then one evening, while she was at a church meeting, she felt God very clearly speak to her through something she overheard someone else saying. And this is what they said. This is what she heard them say. Go, trust me, and I will lead you. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. That's what she heard. And you know, one of the first things I've learned from Jackie about how to be a history maker is this. History makers obey God. History makers obey after God had clearly spoken to her through what that person had said, she was still confused because she knew she was meant to go, but still God hadn't said where to go or how to get there. And so she went to see a, mission, a minister friend of hers called Richard. 
uh, for some advice, to get some wisdom. And his advice was rather shocking to her. And uh, this is how the conversation went. If God is telling you to go, you had better go. How can I? I don't know where to. All my applications have been rejected. Well, if you've tried all the conventional ways and missionary societies and God is still telling you to go, you had, be you had better get on the move. If you had a job, a ticket, accommodation, a sick fund and a pension, you wouldn't need to trust him. If I were you, I would go out and buy a ticket for a boat going on the longest journey you can find and pray to know where to get off. <laughs> now that advice in and of itself is provoking. I'm going to change my advice as a result of it, so don't come and ask me questions anymore about this kind of stuff. <laughs> but that's exactly what Jackie did. She found the cheapest boat going on the longest journey past the most nations. And so she bought a ticket for a boat going from France to Japan. And she got on that boat with six pounds in her pocket. <laughs> six pounds in her pocket, and she was off. And when they arrived in Hong Kong and China, she suddenly felt the peace of God come over her. And she thought, I, this is where I need to get off. So she got off at Hong Kong, trusting God to guide her, her next steps. And she pretty quickly uh, met some people and ended up um, serving as a, a primary school in the walled city, trusting God to protect her, provide for her, and, and help us know what was next. Isn't that amazing? I'm so provoked by Jackie's obedience. And you know, God loves obedience. I believe it's his love language. You know, it says in John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. And so when we're obedient to God, when we do what he asks us to do, it shows him that we love him. It shows him that we are more than just his disciples, but we're actually his friends. And obedience can look like a whole load of different things. It can look like being intentional about doing what he asks you to do in his word and asking you the way he asks you to live and intentionally living that way, even if there's lots of misunderstanding from people around you. It can look like responding to the prompts of the Holy Spirit in the moment, you know, to apologize to that person you've hurt or to offer to pray for that person that the Holy Spirit's saying, go and pray. Or it can look like massive life-defining decisions, you know, take that job, go to that nation. Whatever it looks like, obedience is a big deal to God. He loves it when we're obedient. When we're obedient to him, it actually shows him that we trust him, which is interesting that that came through through Paul's prophetic word in the worship. When we trust him, we're obedient to him. And when we're obedient to him, we tell him, look, what you want for me and what you're asking of me is more important than anything else. And I'm going to be obedient to you because I love you. And, you know, you might look at Jackie's obedience and think, please, God, don't ever ask me to do that. <laughs> that freaks me out. But you have to remember, the, thing, the things God asks us to do, he gives us grace for. In fact, when you read Jackie's response to the minister's advice, she says this, it sounds terrific, but it must be cheating because I'd love to do that. That was her response to that advice because she thought, if I'm going to follow God, it's got to be all hard graft and I, I've got to suffer for the gospel and surely it shouldn't feel fun. But the reality is that the stuff God has called us to, he gives us grace for. And so the key for us is to find what is the unique race God has called us to run, what's the stuff that gives us life, and then make a choice to be obedient step by step. 
I found this statement Jackie made as I was preparing for today. She says, God wants us to have soft hearts and hard feet. The trouble with so many of us is that we have hard hearts and soft feet. Jackie's lived a life of radical obedience to God, of having a soft heart to hear what he's saying for her to do and then having hard feet, just going and doing it. How are we doing? God is looking for our obedience. How are you doing at having a soft heart and hard feet? Second thing I've learned about how to be a history maker from Jackie is that history makers pray. It's that simple, guys. History makers obey and they pray. And uh, a year after Jackie had been in the walled city, she was desperate to see breakthrough. She'd read uh, the Bible, she'd read the Gospels, and she was desperate to see God break into the lives of those that she was working with, with supernatural power, to bring healing to them and breakthrough for them and transform them and see them give their lives to Jesus. But she wasn't seeing anything, and she didn't really understand what she was missing, but she knew she was missing something. And she ended up going to a meeting one evening, and she spotted a Chinese couple, and she thought, they have got the thing I'm missing. She saw in them that they had what she was missing. And at the end of the meeting, she went up to them, and she asked them to, pr to pray for her. And they said to her, uh, the thing you're missing, Jackie, is uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit. You're not full of the Holy Spirit. And so they prayed for her. And after they prayed for her, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she began to speak in tongues. She received the gift of tongues and began to speak in tongues. And Jackie didn't really understand what the gift of tongues was. Um, for those of us here who don't maybe understand it, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, Paul tells us about the gift of tongues. And he tells that it's us that it's a gift given to us by God to help us to pray. That it's a spiritual language that God gives us that enables our spirit to connect directly with him. So that when we run out of knowing what to say and pray in a particular situation and or, or where our English words run out and we can't, we can't express what we really want to express, we can pray in tongues. We can use the gift of tongues. We can use our spiritual language to fully express what we want to express, to connect with God and to pray to him. And Paul also says the gift of tongues does something in us. It says that he, he says that it strengthens, strengthens and edifies us. In other words, something supernatural happens on the inside of us when we pray in tongues. And Jackie didn't see any major change when she prayed in tongues, so she stopped praying in tongues until she met a missionary couple two, a year later who said, you really should start praying in tongues again. And they said, pray in tongues for 15 minutes every day and see what God will do. So she started to pray in tongues for 15 minutes every day, and after six weeks, something happened, and fruit just began popping up all around her. People's lives began to get radically transformed. Jackie's observation was this. As I continued praying in the Spirit in private, so the results became apparent when more boys made decisions to become Christians. I just want to tell you about one, one boy. There's so many stories in this book, but one boy called Ah Ping, who was 16, year, 16 years old when Jackie met him, but had been initiated into the triad gang when he was 12, 12 years old, and already had a, a reputation as a brilliant fighter. And one evening, Jackie came to the building that they ran the youth club in, in the Ward City, and, and she was pretty discouraged, and Ah Ping was there, and Ah Ping saw her, and he began to say to her, Jackie, you might as well leave us. 
What, what is the point of you being here? There's no point. Why don't you go and find some good, good young people to work with who are actually going to do what you tell them to do? He said, he said um, we're no good. He said, we never do what you want us to do. All we do is take and kick you around. Why do you stick around? And this is Jackie's response. Well, I stick around because that's what Jesus did for me. I didn't want Jesus, but he didn't wait until I wanted him. He didn't wait until I had promised to reform. He didn't wait until I, was go I got good. He died for me anyway. He died for me when I hated him. And he never even told me off on the cross. He just said he loved me and forgave me. This is the Jesus that came into the world and made dead people rise. This is the Jesus who came into the world and did miracles. This is the Jesus who only ever did good and he died for me. And he loves you too in the same way. And Arping was totally shattered by the whole thing. He couldn't believe it. It says he could hardly believe there was a God like that. He sat down there on the stone steps to the street and told Jesus that although he could not understand why he loved him, he was grateful. And he asked Jesus to forgive him and change him. Arping was the first gangster from the fully initiated triads to join the Christians. And there, are, there is story after story after story of one after the other after the other gang members who have encountered Jesus, got set free from addictions, and are now following him. It's amazing. Before long, Jackie realized that prayer, and specifically praying in tongues, could also help the boys that she was working with who were so badly addicted to drugs actually get free from their addiction pain-free which is a miracle in and of itself. Some of the boys would get set free immediately after she prayed. Others, it would take some time. And this is like the process that happened and that they started to go through. The boys would come to either Jackie's house or the house of her missionary friends. They would be told that Jesus was the only answer for them to get free from their addiction. And because they were so desperate and because they'd seen their friends one by one get transformed because of praying and coming to know Jesus, they gave their lives to him. They would then pray for them to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and receive the gift of tongues. And then pretty quickly, the boys would learn that when they were going through withdrawals, whenever they got to a point where they were feeling pain because of their withdrawal from the drugs, if they started to pray in tongues, the pain would immediately go. That's what they learned pretty quickly. And so over several days in either Jackie's house or the, her friend's house, through them praying for themselves, but also through ex-addicts and gang, gang members who now served in the houses and were also praying for them, they would, after several days, withdraw from their addiction completely pain-free. Totally, totally pain-free. In the first 20 months of opening up their homes to addicts, Jackie and her friends saw 75 boys set free. Wow. And think about it, she's been there 50 years. She's been there 50 years, isn't that amazing? She said this, all without exception came off heroin without pain and trauma. All of them knew the reality of a living Lord and the power of his spirit. <sighs> it's amazing, isn't it? Jackie has seen hundreds, if not I would say thousands, of men and women transformed because they've met Jesus, because they've encountered his power. And one of the key reasons for it is because of her prayers that she has prayed. History makers pray. 
History makers obey. It's that simple. And uh, I have felt personally really provoked in many ways through reading this story, but particularly to do with how much I'm really nurturing and valuing the gift that God has given me, the gift of tongues that God has given to me. And to, I felt provoked not to neglect it or to, or to undervalue it, but actually see it for the beautiful gift that it is in my life and to set aside regular time just to be with God, to pray in tongues. And not because it's a good activity to do or because I want to, I want to use it as a formula for results, but because I want him because I want to connect with him, because I love him, because I know that when I pray in tongues, I am connecting with him like, like I don't at any other time. And many of us in this room, we have got the gift of tongues, and I just want to provoke you. How are you doing at really valuing it? It's a beautiful gift from God. Not because it's a good activity to do or you want to see that breakthrough, but because I want you, God. I want to be connected with you. I want to be able to fully express what's in my heart to you and then see what you'll do in me and through me. And some of us this morning, maybe you don't have the gift of tongues. Maybe you've never heard of it. You've never heard the gift of tongues even talked about. Or, or you, you perhaps have never asked God for it. You're a Christian here, but you've never asked God for the gift of tongues. Or maybe, um, sorry, I, my, my, my mind's something. Maybe you'd never asked for the gift of tongues. Let me just tell you my story. I, um, I, when I was first prayed to Paul to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, someone asked me, do you want me to pray for you for the gift of tongues? And I said, no, thank you, because I was totally freaked out by it. I didn't understand it. And I didn't want to speak in a weird language in front of this person who was praying for me. But I did deep down really want the gift. And I remember sitting on a park bench after they'd offered to pray for me later on in, in, the, in the day, sitting there saying, God, I really would like the gift of tongues. And uh, started to speak out loud what I felt like God had given me. And the thing about the gift of tongues is this. It's not going to overtake your mouth. You've got to start speaking. You've got to start speaking out. And when you start speaking out in tongues, you will automatically think, I'm just making this up. Anyone else ever had that? Okay, I am just making this up. But you've got to persevere and persist. It's, it's like learning a language. And as you go for it, and as you step out, and as you trust God, and as you, as you take risks, God will add to your language and your gift. And maybe some of you here, you've asked God for the gift of tongues before, and you haven't yet received it, and maybe you're disappointed. I just heard a story this morning from Carol that she prayed for someone who was, had been asking for the gift of tongues for 30 years, and she received it recently. So isn't that awesome? So God is going to break in this morning, and he is going to give us gifts if you, want, if you want it. You don't have to have it, but the Bible says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. And I just really believe God is going to break in and put that gift in our hearts this morning if we don't have it. And if we do have the gift of tongues, that he's going to increase that for us in our own walks with him. So why don't we stand together, and let's see what Jesus will do. Yeah, if the band can come back, that would be awesome. Thank you, Father. There's a couple of things I just want to do. God is really here, so there's a couple of things I feel like I want to do. First of all, just, just focus on Jesus. We're going to sing a song in a moment. But if, if, as I've been speaking about the gift of tongues, you think, actually, I've not got that gift, but I would really like it. Uh, I don't really understand it, and uh, I'm going to go on a journey, but I would really like that gift then I just want you to put your hands out in front of you real quick. Just put your hands out in front of you if that's you, or put your hands up, or however you want to respond to God. Awesome. 
just put your hands out in front of you or put your hands up. If there's someone near you, maybe you could just, let's just be family, just put your hand on their shoulder. I'm just going to pray. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing a song as, as a response. And while you're while we're singing, if you've asked God for the gift of tongues, that's your cue to start speaking out what you feel like God puts in your head and in your heart and just go for it and see what God will do. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing I feel like God wants to do is I feel like there's something about faith this morning that there is a new level of faith that God wants to put in us as a church. But I feel like for some of us particularly, God wants to bring us into a new level of faith and expectation for breakthrough. And I feel like particularly in wanting to see breakthrough in addictions, but more than that, and I, I would love you, if that is you, as we're singing this song, if you are feeling a stirring of, I just want to expect stuff like Jackie expected. I want to see this kind of stuff happen. I want you, when we sing, to come to the front because I feel like there's going to be an impartation of faith that comes this morning as we pray. Okay, so you guys got that? So if you feel like God is on you for that in terms of faith, come to the front. I'm going to lay hands on you. Believe that God is going to push us into a new level of faith and expectation. Uh, but also, if you have responded because you want the gift of tongues, just lift your hands to Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you that you're a good God. And we want to thank you that you love to give good gifts to your children. And we thank you, God, that tongues is beyond our natural understanding. And that's a good thing. We're not meant to understand it fully because it's a God thing. But we, Father, we pray for those who are reaching out now for the gift of tongues. God, would you give it to them, Father? Would you pour out your spirit on them right now? And would you give them the gift to be able to connect with you through prayer and to be able to express all that is in their heart to you? Would you break in, God? Would you break in? Keep coming if you want more faith. I feel like as we sing, God is going to do stuff. And God is going to just, just let God minister to you. Minister to you. I'm going to come around and pray, but I think God is just going to unlock something as we sing right now. So let's go for it.